This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Hashtag Meatless Monday is trending on social media at the top of each week. Families and individuals are taking meat off their plate every Monday. But what if you took it a step further and went full vegetarian? With a few simple recipes, easing into the vegetarian lifestyle doesn't have to be difficult. We'll explore vegetarian recipes for the hour, as October has been designated as Vegetarian Month. So you can join our conversation with a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email the show food at mpbonline.org. We're going to be talking about vegetarian lifestyle and, and recipes today, but veggies in general the topic. So if you have a favorite vegetable dish that you like uh, to serve or prepare, you can give us a call as well. Again, the number is 877-MPB-RING, which is one 672 Seven four six four. So, good morning, Deborah. Hope that you had a good weekend. Good morning, Kevin. I had an amazing, amazing weekend. Um, I spent it with my mom and dad, actually, and uh, that was pretty cool. And on Sunday, we um, had a little watch party at their house, and they sat around and um, kind of googled about uh, the interview with Marshall Ramsey uh, on conversations, and you know, made me feel like a first grader. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, they wanted to give me gold stars and hugs and kisses and stuff. And I was like, uh, okay, already. But, you know, that it's just really, you know, great hanging out with them and loving on them a little bit. So I had a wonderful weekend. I went to Ridgeland on Saturday. The uh, 10th annual Euro Car Fest or Car Show was there. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say they like the new car smell, which which I do. But there's an old car smell, which I also like. I don't know if it's the leather of the seats or something, but... Uh, it is always interesting to me to see because they have you know foreign cars from like the I think the I think they had actually had some American cars they had a Model T I think from like 1910 something like that so it's interesting to me to see how car designs and and features and things have changed throughout the years so it's always a lot of fun and went with my friend who is uh, a car expert and so he was able to give me some insights uh, to some of the cars so we, we had a good time. I uh, love the that. car shows, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, especially, like you said, the older cars, you know, like I buy the magazines and I look at the futuristic stuff. But it's something about that Sunday morning drive and you see a 1964 Mustang coming down the street or, like you said, a Model T or an old Cadillac that's been completely restored to its original beauty. It's just something absolutely nostalgic about that. It's just beautiful. So I'm glad you got to do that this weekend. And I think it was the Bentleys <clears throat> that we had. And it, it looked to me just like a car that was made to have a chauffeur because the back seats had these little sort of like tray tables that folded down. And you could just imagine, you know, cruising somewhere, uh, sh- uh, 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 sipping on your champagne while, you know, Jeeves drives you somewhere in, uh, in the front <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those cars you get out of and you just got to have a little accent, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a Kevin darling, you know, <laughs> It's just one of those things. But I've committed in my life. The guy that buys me the 1964 Mustang, Kevin, forget the engagement ring. I'm going to say yes to that guy. <laughs> there were a couple of Mustangs there as well. There was sort of a, you know, it's a European car show, but for uh, whatever reason, they had a section uh, that had a lot of Fords in there. And there was also, 
I think there was a, a um, Thunderbird, if I remember correctly. Mm. So a lot of fun there. Um, and so um, you brought in something today that kind of fits in with the theme vegetarianism, vegetables, but also uh, a nice hearty soup for this colder weather that uh, is we've uh, hopefully maybe is sticking around. I know it's dropped a little bit. I think we might have maybe a little bit of hot weather left before it completely leaves for the year, but it certainly has cooled a little bit, uh, has turned a little bit cooler, at least here in central Mississippi. So tell us uh, what you brought in today. I'm laughing, Kevin, because, you know, I was thinking immediately I've got two sets of friends. The ones that said, oh, I hate the heat. And the other set is going, I hate the cold. You know what I'm saying? So it's just crazy. But this morning I brought in a uh, 15-piece soup. Kevin, there's literally 15 different kinds of peas in this. And, and it's a bag that you can buy out of your local market. Usually you can find it, um, you know, in, on the same aisle where you find a lot of uh, your um, specialty rices. You'll find this bag, and it's just, it's got everything in it from, you know, black-eyed peas to lentil to uh, lima beans to miniature peas. I mean, it's just English peas. I mean, it's just everything in there. And then I cooked it down um, with a homemade broth, a vegetable broth, uh, because we are talking about being vegetarian. Um, and so with that broth, I just simply took some um, some clean water, of course, some fresh water, and we added some coarse salt in that. And I added some uh, bell pepper and some onions. And I added a few peppers in there to kind of, you know, uh, spike it, the flavor a little bit. And once the, my broth got going, of course, I had soaked my peas a couple of hours earlier, added my dry beans in, let them cook overnight in the crock pot. Uh, we added in some sweet potatoes which gives this uh, soup a really wonderful taste to it because as the sweet potatoes uh, start to disintegrate, you get this really rich, creamy body in this soup that's just unexpected. Uh, Just a pinch of uh, brown sugar to just kind of add a little extra flavor to it. It's a wonderful bite early on a Monday morning. Yeah, it was quite hearty. And again, you know, the... um not only flavor, but again, when, you know, when you add sweet potatoes to anything, it really makes the the color. Uh, and again, you know, I, I say this over and over again because it's so true. But you know, your visual presentation on the stuff that you bring in is is maybe not quite as good as the flavor, but almost. <laughs> but added a lot, and man, like you said, just just a lot of stuff going on there. And so it's one of those where you're getting little different bites of of the of the beans and the things in there. So it's it's always fun. Each each spoonful. You've got kind of a different combination of ingredients. Yeah, and so it's and like you said, I I when I saw the fifteen bags of you know of beans, I, my eyes got excited because all these bright, beautiful, brilliant colors from dark ambers to rich green colors, and then I ended up in a soup bowl. So I couldn't think of anything better to do with that. And I noticed there was some okra in there too. Yes. <laughs> So anytime I, you can sneak in something like that, and I eat it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm eating okra. That's pretty good, though. It's so funny to me how many people say they don't eat it, and if you sneak it in and they get a bite of it, they go, "What was that? It's yummy!" And I go, "Yeah, can't tell you." Um, but also, you mentioned the the broth, and to me, you know, that's the other part about it is the it was hearty for all the the vegetables in there, but the broth was really good. And I'd gotten down to the bottom of my cup and had eaten most of the vegetables, but the broth was very, very tasty. And then you brought in uh, some croutons that sprinkled on top, and that added a nice little crunch to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, most of the time, especially us here in the South, we we normally serve uh, traditional soups with cornbread. But today I felt a little fancy, Kevin, so we sprinkled a few croutons on top, and it just gave it just a really wonderful, pleasant 
bite, you know, adding the croutons with such a thick soup was really great. And that's and again, it's I think it's hearty enough to where in a you know a fall if we get a little colder as we move into the end of the month, uh, end of the year that is, um, that would be a nice hearty meal that uh, you know that the whole family I think could enjoy and that maybe as you mentioned some cornbread or something on the side with it, but that's a that's a meal in itself I think. So Kevin, if you buy me a Mustang, I'll cook this for you all the time. <laughs> now one thing I do want to say about this soup, uh, Deborah, you brought it in on a Monday morning and. Um, it's so full of hearty goodness. You can't you can't keep that grouchy feeling. Oh. That Monday, that Monday morning, like oh, it's Monday. After you eat a little bit of this soup, it's like oh, today's Monday. I like this. <laughs> oh, that's a great commercial. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be talking about vegetarianism and vegetarians today. Uh, Deborah, what comes to mind when you hear that word? Um. Immediately, I I think of uh, a book that I read many years ago called Back to Eaton. Whenever I hear that, and it talks about, you know, in this book, it talks about healing your body. um, And it's all these wonderful anecdotes about living a a clean vegan life. So that's my first thought. And then my second thought is um, getting up early in the morning uh, to harvest peas and okra and greens on the farm, you know, and so it's just, it's a lot of things that I think about when I think about vegetarians or this vegan uh, lifestyle. Uh, Wikipedia defines it as the practice of abstaining from the consumption of meat, red meat, poultry, seafood, and the flesh of any other animal may also include uh, re- not eating byproducts of animal slaughter. So, uh, and I think that is, I think there are, and that's the thing, I think there are some people that are you know, strictly vegetarians. And I guess, and I hope I don't say this wrong, but I guess the vegan is all animal byproducts, not just like meat. Uh, but there, there's it's a whole sort of spectrum, and some people are more uh, dedicated to it than others. Uh, I know my brother uh, was a vegetarian for a while, although I think now he will occasionally eat uh, chicken. And I think there are some um, uh, people that are like that that abstain from the red meat and, and maybe stick to the meats that are maybe a little bit healthier, uh, seafood and, and poultry and, and the white meats maybe. Uh, but, uh, you know, to me, again, it's it's it seems like a flavorful way to uh, to go because of just the, you know, the, the variety of vegetables and the different kind of flavors and textures that you can get uh, when you eat uh, any kind of vegetable. So, you know, just to be clear, there are, there are three different categories of vegetarians. And so there's one that is considered uh, lacto, which is a, a person who uh, will uh, add dairy to their, mm-hmm. you know, to their diet. The other one is lacto-ovo, which will add dairy and egg to their uh, diet. And the other one is Ovo, who considers themselves to be the purest of the pure because they don't do any um, animal byproducts, uh, milk, egg, cheese, none of that. They don't add any of that to the diet. And if you're eating meat, you are not a vegetarian. You, you know, if, even if you just add a little bit, uh, you know, according to the standard to which they live, you're not a vegetarian. You just you're a carnivore. <laughs> you are a carnivore. <laughs> All right, uh, we need to take a break. Uh, we'll continue our discussion after the break. We're talking today about vegetarian dishes and how you can add them to your meal rotation. If you have had a meatless dish uh, that you want to share with us, maybe a side dish of vegetables that you enjoy, give us a call today. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 877 
672-7464. You can email the show. It's food at mpbonline.org. During the break, see if you can guess the top meatless substitute. Everybody knows about tofu, but have you ever heard of jackfruit or tempeh? We'll talk about these popular meat substitutes and tell you which is number one after the break. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today, we're looking for your meatless recipes as we celebrate Vegetarian Month and Meatless Monday. So give us a call to join the conversation at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 or email the show food at mpbonline.org. Also, if you're an omnivore, which means you eat meat and vegetables, you can call in and tell us what your favorite vegetable uh, to cook or to eat is as well. Before the break, we ask you to think about the top meat substitutes. According to many nutritionists, mushrooms are the best meat substitute because they're a good source of fiber and a moderate source of protein. They also provide more than 10 vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, uh, B vitamins, and zinc. So, <laughs> so you know, my brain is really animated, and I can see this little mushroom running around with a cape on with his hands on his side <laughs> going, da-da! <laughs> And, Superhero uh, time. You know, especially uh, the one that comes to mind as kind of being a good meat substitute because it's, to me, so hearty is um, a portobello mushroom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I know So that- a really, really quick recipe, Kevin. If you will take those mushrooms and just steam them just a little bit, okay, add a little bit of salt and pepper to them, then you want to move them over into your food processor. You And you want to be and add a uh, half a cup. Let's say you've got two cups of portobello, two to three cups, because they'll cook down a portobello mushrooms. You want to add a half a cup of uh, pecans or almonds into this and some uh, freshly chopped green onions. Uh, You can also add in there some carrots if you like, you know, for a little bit of uh, texture, Kevin, and just a little bit of starch. And then fold them into wonderful patties and then just kind of seize them up like you would a burger. Wow, that does sound good. Super yummy, really, really good, uh, you know, way to get that meaty bite that you're looking for. And you definitely want to seize those mushrooms up first, you know, so that you get that extra texture. You don't want to overcook them before you put them in your food process, but seize them up a little bit. Add your salt and pepper and whatever flavors, other seasonings that you choose to use. But add a little bit of pecans in, your onions. I like green onions, so you can do red and green onions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> your um, And a little bit of starch, because the starch will help the cohesiveness once you're rolling it into uh, you know, your little patty there. It makes a wonderful bite. So you can buy starch at the grocery store? Yes. Like cornstarch maybe? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. In, in your baking aisle. Uh, you'll find cornstarch, and uh, and if you know, and if you don't want to do that, you can use a little bit of wheat flour, just a tiny bit to kind of you know give you that cohesiveness that you need when you're making that burger. You know, that's an easy one, and again, that's that's something that uh, is I think is hearty enough to where that could kind of be the centerpiece of of a of a of a dinner, a nice healthy one and uh, tasty and and not. You know, not it's not going to weigh you down, that's for sure. So that's a, a good, quick recipe there. Got a couple calls to get to. Uh, let's start uh, with uh, Kathleen's calling in from Osaka this morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen. Well, good morning to an almost fall day. <laughs> You're kidding me. I had one night, got all my blankets down, and it's back hot again. Listen, I've got a really easy recipe that as you cook it, you assemble it. It's called island rice. Now... 
this is healthy, but you can add meat. Uh, boiling water, salted, add a half a cup of brown rice. And while you're chopping, you wait three or four minutes. Then you add a half a cup of white rice. And then you can add a half a cup of barley. Give them each time to cook. And when they're cooked, you kind of just rinse them lightly to get some of the starch off. Put it to the side. You chop celery, onions, parsley, and here's where you get creative. You can chop up uh, turnip leaves, very fine. You can chop up kale leaves, very fine. Any kind of greens like that, chicory or whatever, you could put that in the island rice, salt and pepper. If you want to stay vegetarian, you can add a little um, beef bro- uh, vegetarian broth by Nor. Mm-hmm. Very good. Or you can add your uh, beef broth, you know, whoever wants it. You can add chicken, fish, shrimp, whatever you want. I always make a lot, and I let it cool completely. Put it in little freezer bags and flatten it so when you're not feeling good or you're tired or you got somebody bringing a friend over to <laughs> your house, you can pull that up and heat it up or stir-fry it, and it takes that moisture and that uh, freezer taste out. Not that you have a lot, but enough. But I enjoy your show so much. What a good way to start off the fall with veggies. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks, much, Kathleen. Thanks, Kathleen, for calling in. <clears throat> a couple things there. You know, again, Kathleen is always good about reminding us she calls. that you yeah. can uh, make up in advance and then put some in the freezers for, like she says, a quick, uh, if you're not feeling like cooking, or she says some unexpected visitors stop by. And also, you know, as we talk about vegetarians, some people will kind of devote themselves to the full-on but others, this is a way to maybe add a little bit of healthy ingredients and add a little bit of meat if you still want to do it that way. So it's it's real flexible about, I think, a lot of these recipes can end up being. I think, you see, the, the reality is, Kevin, anything that you cook in your kitchen when it comes to vegetables, meat is always an option. You don't have to have meat in everything that you cook. And especially when you're having a dinner party and you know that you have friends uh, who are li- living a you know, a vegan life. One of the things that I do like to do is prepare vegetables. And then if I need to fix extra protein, I'll fix them uh, as a side. And so those who want to add meat to their dishes can do that. And those who are, you know, happy living their vegetarian lives. And so everybody at the dinner table is satisfied. Although I think if you know someone, it's it's good to, to maybe prepare something for them. I, I, I think I've told the story before, but years ago, uh, when I was visiting upstate New York, my folks, uh, we went to the Culinary Institute of America, very fancy, in one of their test kitchens, and we'd called ahead because at that time I mentioned my brother was a vegetarian. Well, they had basically forgotten that he was in our party, and so they they kind of gave him one of the meat dishes just yeah. without the meat. Yeah. And it's like it was still pretty good, but it's that's not quite the same thing. So if you know that someone is a vegetarian, doesn't eat meat, and you invite them to you know a function where there's food served, go ahead and make them up something special so they don't feel like, oh, gosh, let me just scrape the chicken off. Oh, here you go. You know, right. that kind of thing. Right, Ex- exactly. That's, and that's, again, that's the wonderful thing about, you know, you know, pre-planning your meal, knowing who your guests are, and, you know, like you said, sharing that little extra love with somebody. All right. Back to the phones. Uh, Christopher has called in today. Good morning, Christopher. Hello, hey, good Christopher. Good. What do you have for us? Um, I've got a roasted sweet potato salad. Oh, Ooh. wow. Delicious. And I heard you meant the Culinary Institute of America. I used to work there in Napa Valley. Oh, wow. Um, 
But listen, so what you're going to do is you want to peel your potatoes and dice them. And you're going to want to try to keep them all consistent sizes. Mm -hmm. You want to put that in a bowl, add olive oil, salt, and pepper, and then add those on a sheet pan and roast them at 375 until they're good golden brown and have nice texture to it. You don't want it falling apart. It's not like a traditional sweet potato. And you know, while you're doing that, you want to saute some onions or caramelize some onions. Uh, maybe add a little roasted garlic to it. Um, and, you know, you definitely want to have toasted pecans and salt and pepper. And you kind of want to do all this in a bowl at the end after you put it together. So you can let the potatoes cool down, pecans cool down, onions cool down. Add some fresh parsley or chives to it. Toss it. You know, make sure you do have some little more olive oil in it. And take an orange and squeeze the orange. Oh, my gosh. My and mouth you know, just if, started watering. If you want to make it a little prettier, add some arugula to it. And then it's just, you know, it's a great dish to serve on the side of something. Wow. And I've dated girl, my girlfriend's actually vegetarian. So cooking every day, uh, something vegetarian, we really have to work it out. Because I still love my big steaks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Christopher, thanks. That was that's amazing that's, uh, what man, love will yeah, make you that, do, right? <laughs> that sounded really good. And again, what, what beautiful colors, the, you know, the roasted uh, sweet potatoes. And as you said, maybe add a little greens there as well, uh, the, maybe some chives in there. But wow, that's, that sounded really good. The orange on top of it, yes, man. Yes, that squeeze of orange did it for me. And my, I started salivating, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that sounds so yummy. I went to um, a Greek restaurant in, in Jackson. Uh, that I had not heard of before, and I cannot remember the name. It's in Highland Village, but anyway, they have uh, they'll do a salad or a wrap. So I did a, mm -hmm. a, a pork wrap, but and it had and I you know ran through the ingredients. And one of the ingredients was a navel orange, and at first I thought, I don't know about that. Well, then I the, it was it, like in the first bite, one of well, there was a piece of orange in there. I thought, oh wow, that's really good. Well, then unfortunately, there was no more orange pieces until the very end of the wrap. So at first, as I thought of like, ugh, then I was thinking, you got I want more of that. <laughs> I can't think of the name of the restaurant uh, right now either, but it's a it's a relatively new restaurant mm -hmm. that's in Highland Village, yeah. and um, uh, I, I should be spanked because there's a young gentleman that just opened up the, the restaurant, and um, it's a very beautiful place. It's a you know it's a, a kind of a hip hangout, mm -hmm. so if, you know anybody that's looking for someone for a nice clean meal. Uh, something really different. It's a great place to hang out. So hopefully Java will find yeah, that. Java, for us. you had it for us. Uh, uh, what is it? Athos? Aplos. I think yeah. we're close, but yeah, uh, really good food there. It's it's the uh, the decor is very nice, and then yeah. they've got just a big spot out for a patio. So um, it is. It's really nice, hip place, and the food is really good, Kevin. So. Yeah, my friend had the uh, artichoke pizza and looked like it was just chock full of vegetables. So uh, would recommend that place if you're looking for a nice uh, Greek uh, a Greek restaurant with a little bit of a twist on it because it was really good stuff. All right, we uh, had uh, talked about meat substitutes, and we mentioned that uh, um, 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 mushrooms are a good one. Tofu, I think a lot of people have heard of. Uh, it's made from soybeans and is high in protein and calcium. Tempeh is firmer than tofu and has a more grainy texture, made from fermented soybeans and has a nutty flavor. Uh, there's jackfruit. Uh, it's a, a tropical fruit, but its texture and mild taste make it a wonderful stand-in for meat. Uh, you can roast it on a baking sheet. It has a slight sweet taste to it, almost like pineapple. Uh, and it's something that you could really kind of, um, 
it says here it's a blank canvas. So again, that's something that you could really build using that as your base and build a lot of flavors from. And my favorite one, just the way that say it is Satan, not Satan, but no, Satan. It's Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's Satan. You know, the wonderful thing about all of these that you've <clears throat> named, uh, tofu and uh, the tampeh and the jackfruit, all, well, the jackfruit has a specific a taste like when you first taste it but for the most part all of these are blank canvases mm-hmm. and so you can turn them into something really sweet or something really savory which is fantastic tampeh actually is uh fermented um uh beans from the uh, soybeans and it has something in it uh called rosapus uh so it's a fungus and it gives it that really firm taste so it makes for me in my mind a a better meat product Mm -hmm. when you want that bite because that's the thing that we love about meat is that bite Mm -hmm. that you get so that's wonderful and seitan of course it's a wheat protein kevin so Mm -hmm. You know, all of these are, and and you use it to make um, you use it to make meat, and it's a really chewy kind of texture. And this is something that originated from Japan, and uh, and along with the tampeh, you know, this is also an Indonesian kind of you know uh, uh, idea. So these ideas have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years, and we're just catching on over here in the Western world. The Easterners <laughs> have been doing this for a very long time. And then also, you can look for store-bought brands in the uh, grocery store. There's Beyond Meat, Boca, Morningstar Farms. I know I've done the the soybean crumbles from the Morningstar Farms, and I know I can't remember who it was, but there's somebody makes a vegetarian corn dogs, which to me was like, thank you so much. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you raised your hands. We having praise and worship over the hot dogs. <laughs> All right. It, uh, it's time for another break. We're going to continue our discussion after the break. What's your favorite meat substitute on this Meatless Monday? If you're a vegetarian, call in and tell us how you cut out meat from your diet or share your favorite recipe. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. During the break, see if you can guess the number one question vegetarians get asked almost on a daily basis. We'll have that answer for you right after the break, so stay tuned. MPBonline.org is the destination for everything Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Catch up on past shows from Think Radio, check out MPB TV or Music Radio, and become a sustaining member all from one place. Get connected now at MPBonline.org. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. If you missed any of today's program, you can always subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app or download the MPB Public Media app where you can listen to MPB Think Radio on your schedule. And if you want to join our conversation this morning, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email the show food at mpbonline.org. So before the break, uh, we asked if you could guess the number one question that vegetarians get asked almost every day. Deborah, what would your guess be? What do you eat? Very close. That's actually the number two question. Because ah. people just don't understand that you can eat something that doesn't have meat and they get asked, what do you eat? Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because... Think of all the vegetables that are out there. It's like, what do you eat? Well, gee, I could, you know. Uh, but it's actually, where do you, or how do you get your protein? Okay. But as we said, uh, mushrooms, and then we mentioned tofu. So there are ways, you know. Obviously, if if there was a, a, a way of eating a diet, a, a lifestyle that did not was not healthy or did not include protein, people would not have 
adhere to it, and we'd have oh, a lot of so sick many, vegetarians running yeah, around. There are so many ways to get protein, Kevin. And the thing, the crazy thing is, is for you know, you think about the meat uh, group that we have to choose from. You got beef, you got pork, you got fish. And, you know, you have file or birds, you know, for those people who want to, you know, eat like that. And if you're eating something, you know, really strange or bizarre, people eat spiders and crickets and that kind of stuff for, for meats, you know, products. But for every meat that you choose, you've got 100 vegetables to mm-hmm. choose from. So, you know, there is such a huge variety. And then protein comes in many different kinds of forms. So we're used to, you know, in our standard brain, we think uh, beef and we think protein, but you can you also have you know uh, almonds, pecans, walnuts uh, are great sources of proteins, and then some of your fruit uh, itself will uh, have amounts of protein in them. So there's just a lot fruits and vegetables rather. So you you know there's no limit on where you can get protein from. Exactly. We've got some callers to get to. <clears throat> Let's start again in Biloxi. Craig's on the line with us this morning. Hey, Craig. Yeah. Hey, good morning. Well, I'm not strictly vegetarian. Uh, I do eat a little fish and a little fowl, but not foul fish. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to give my recipe for a lentil soup, which is which I make. It's real, real easy to make. Uh, a, a, a pound and a half. I use. Well, to begin with, I use uh, tapered mason jars, which you can freeze liquid in at, <clears throat> to, to can them. Uh, but I will bring it to a boil in a pan and uh, leave it set for an hour. I'll take it off the heat and cover it after I bring it to a boil. And after an hour, I just throw it into the jars and, and uh, it seals it. There's enough heat that it seals itself with a lid and I put it in the freezer. Mm. So just uh, what do you add in with the lentils in your soup? Oh well, I'll add I'll add spices, uh, you know, parsley, not not parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme, and and about an eighth of a teaspoon of salt per cup of of water, uh, and it tastes pretty. And 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 then when I eat it, usually I'll put some Parmesan cheese in there, and that makes it taste pretty good. And and also for proteins, you need your full range of proteins. So I do eat a lot of eggs. I'll throw some hard boiled eggs in there. Uh, and uh, and I'll eat Greek yogurt with as a meal mm-hmm. uh, because it's real good, high in protein. All right, sounds good, Craig. Thanks uh, for calling in. I know that um, I love what, lentil soup. By the way, I was uh, helping my mother. Uh, I guess last year, the year before, must have been two years ago now. That uh, after she had hip surgery. And so neighbors were bringing by, you know, things, and someone brought over some lentil soup. And again, I was, it was like, nah, I don't know about that, but it was like, you know, hey. First of all, they're being nice and bringing stuff over. Secondly, it's either that or you don't eat. <laughs> it was pretty good. I, I yeah. enjoyed it. So um, good, good call from Craig there. Uh, next, I think we've got uh, is it Saxium in the line on the line with us. Hello. Hey, are you with us? On you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I wasn't sure if it was me. Well, I love your show, love your voice, and you know all this wonderful. But I just wanted to uh, let you know, you know, there's a lot of Indian food that is, you know, very flavor, vegetarian dishes that are very flavorful, very colorful, and healthful. And you can cook those with very little oil, and it tastes wonderful. One thing I cook often nowadays is mixed vegetables that really includes a lot of vegetables. So what I do is, you know, take a tablespoon of oil, put some cumin or some five spices, 
and then put them in order, like put the diced potatoes first for a couple minutes, then carrots for a couple minutes, then, um, you know, squash and beans and cauliflower, eggplant. So, so you can really have a choice and you can miss a couple, add a couple. It tastes wonderful with, you know, cakes, lentil soup and tortilla, probably. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, that's a great. Uh, that's a lot of stuff going on there. And again, uh, I think the the cumin is a nice the that you know is your flavor there. But boy, the, what did he have? He had potatoes and carrots and cauliflower. That's I mean, again, the, hearty is the word I keep coming back to because I think when you get all these vegetables mixed in together, it's such a a variety of of, of tastes and flavors, and and they're they're filling too. I think one of the things that he he mentioned to Kevin that just I got goosebumps is he mentioned the eggplant, and I'm really glad that he did because uh, not only can you use uh, the eggplant in soup based you know dishes, or you can use it as a casserole because it is a squash, but you can literally take that eggplant, a nice firm eggplant, and create slices in the eggplant soak it with a little buttermilk add salt and pepper on it Kevin and if you like me I like a little cayenne because I want to add a little bit of heat to it just like you would your fish uh, you know doing southern catfish you want to roll it in a little bit of flour and cornmeal and fry it you're talking about a fantastic bite and usually when I and if I'm going to do fried stuff I'll usually do the pair the eggplant with a really, once I fried it with a really wonderful tomato sauce, it makes for just a wonderful dish. And also, <clears throat> he mentioned squash. I love the yellow squash. That's a, a southern favorite. But also zucchini is one of my favorites, and I've mentioned it before. But it's great, makes a great pasta when you uh, spiralize the zucchini and add that with a little bit of a tomato sauce. Again, that's a, that's a meal in itself. So, Kevin, you're going to have to make me a, a spaghetti dish out of uh, the zucchini, and we're going to have a lady in a tramp moment. And... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's. Uh, we've got next on the line. John is uh, from Oxford. Good morning, John. Hey, John. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Go yeah, ahead. So, I grew up in Western North Carolina, and you can imagine the mountains of North Carolina. There's not a lot of vegetarians around, and my family thought that I might die if I weren't eating meat when I decided to become vegetarian 22 years ago. And what I found was that. By becoming vegetarian, I actually was challenged to learn more culinary skills and started to share those with my family. And just wanted to give a couple, you guys were talking about tofu and seitan and tempeh, and I think the mistake a lot of people see is seeing those as meat uh, imitations or meat substitutes, where yeah. they're actually just protein alternatives. And one way that people can sort of start to maybe slowly merge into a vegetarian lifestyle is by making dishes that uses a little bit of this, like a lasagna that uses the tofu crumbles like you were talking about. And, and I've cooked those dishes for my family, and often they don't know the difference. And it's not that I'm trying to trick them, but they say this is just as good as what I would make myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happens with a lot of uh, what we perceive to be vegetarian dishes, and it's that whole adage, don't knock it until you try it. And I think that's with any food type that you're, you know, I say try it at least twice, Kevin. The first time to be sure that, you know, I don't know what this is. The second time you may find that you really love whatever that bite is. And because we are so accustomed to uh, you know, eating the way that we do here in the U.S., sometimes it's just hard for us to formulate new thoughts. 
But I like to see it as a way of visiting and traveling around the world when you're trying new ideas and trying new concepts because you'd be surprised the things that we take for granted here that the rest of the world, uh, you know, they have a new exp- another expression when it comes to food. So, John, just curious, what uh, what made you decide to go vegetarian uh, 22 years ago? Well, initially I was just looking at uh, mostly animal rights and the factory farming systems, but then I read more about the health implications and and then the environmental aspect of it. So all of those became reasons that I continued the lifestyle for so many years. All right. John, great call. Thanks uh, for calling in and joining our conversation this morning. We are talking about vegetables and vegetarian uh, dishes this morning on Deep South Dining. Still time to work in a call. If you'd like to join our conversation, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Before the next break, let's talk to Mikey in Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, Mikey. Thank you so much for this show. This is the one I've been waiting for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not that I I haven't been totally delighted with all the others, because I do listen. Um, uh, But the input from people, um, it's remarkable, isn't it? You Mm -hmm. know, as well as the hosting. Um, Okay. uh, I, I have one thing to mention that has not been mentioned yet, I don't think, that is a southern staple. That is, uh, I find to have, and other people seem to find to have, a, a very meaty texture. It has a great bite, a great chew, and has those, if you put a little soy sauce on it, it actually tastes, uh, it can be mixed in with all, pretty much anything. And you can grow it in your yard. All right, <laughs> what is here, it? here, collards. Ah, yes. That's, you know, hey. Am I genius or what, Deborah? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm joking. Um, thank, thank you all for the good work you do. All right. Thanks but, for the call, Mikey. Now, she's making mention of the collards, as in the collard greens, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin. And, yes, they're they're actually one of my favorite. But there's so many things. Like, you know, they make wonderful wraps, you know. Uh, and, a, and if you can imagine... Let's do a really quick recipe, pureeing some black beans, Kevin. And for those who, uh, you know, could add a little bit of dairy to their product, and you may want to add, you know, a little uh, Romano cheese into your black beans, go ahead and add you some yellow and red bell peppers, chop them up really fine. And then you want to just kind of spoon them into uh, a, a nice leaf of your collards, and then you're going to roll it just like you would an egg roll, Kevin. And then you can dip it in an egg wash and a little flour and deep fry that baby, and it's just absolutely wonderful. All right. Uh, and, yeah, again, also what a way to add some uh, great colors, you know, the greens, uh, uh, the collard greens, mustard greens, and then kale, that sort of thing. That's always a, a nice uh, bright uh, green to add to any dish that you're making. Uh, let's uh, take one final break this hour. Uh, it um, if you want to join in on our conversation, the phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Every day on the calendar is a food holiday, so during the break, try to guess what a dish we are celebrating today. We're going to tell you after the break, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're talking today 
about vegetables and vegetarian dishes. Uh, still time to work in a phone call if you'd like to join our conversation. We've got a couple on the line we'll get to in just a minute. But before the break, we asked you what uh, food holiday it is today. And uh, Java, I think, uses as his source material a great uh, website that I like going to as well called foodimentary.com. And they do have <laughs> a national food holiday every month or every day of the year. So today is National Red Wine Day. It's also National Mushroom Day. And we talked earlier about mushrooms being a great source of uh, and one of the popular kind of meat substitutes or things that can really add some heartiness to your uh, your vegetarian dishes. So, Deborah, are you, are you a fan of red wine? Look, you just planned my dinner menu. <laughs> stuff, red wine and mushrooms. Yeah, there you go. Stuff, yeah. stuff mushrooms with a nice chill glass of red wine. Just don't tell my daddy. <laughs> All right. And so a couple of fun facts about uh, red wine. The top three imported wines sold in the U.S. are the Yellowtail from Australia, Oh, gosh, I'm so I have to pull the screen a little bit closer to me. I'm getting old. <laughs> That's uh, that Yellowtail working on you. <laughs> Cavett, I guess, from Italy, and this one from Chile that I'm not going to try to pronounce and embarrass myself. Uh, the term bouquet refers to the total scent of the wines. Aroma is the scent of the grapes. When wine tasters want to describe the bouquet and the aroma together, they use the term nose. Uh, in 2008, the top wine-producing states in the U.S. were California, not a surprise, Washington, New York, Oregon. Uh, at Washington, New York, and Oregon. And according to U.S. Dairy Guidelines, there are 100 calories in a 5-ounce glass of wine compared to 150 calories in a 12-ounce beer. So a couple of interesting facts about uh, red wine uh, on National Red Wine Day. We should take one of those antique cars and drive over to uh, Martha's Vineyard and spend <laughs> the weekend, darling. There we go. All right. <laughs> Back to the phone lines we go. Oh, wow. We start in Ocean Springs. Michael's on the line with us. Uh, go ahead. You're on the air with us. Hi, Michael. Hi. How are y'all? Thanks. We're doing good. Fabulous show. I, I always enjoy it. And this, this subject in particular is one of my passions. Um, I've been vegan for a few years now, vegetarian for years before that, and uh, I never quite went vegan. I, I don't tolerate dairy at all whatsoever, even cultured dairy. I just, for some reason, any any dairy just tears me up. But uh, it wasn't until I kind of did some traveling with a vegan friend who taught me something before I realized I could do the vegan diet, and uh, he taught me how to use nutritional yeast as a wonderful cheese, uh, in like cream cheese substitute flavor, right. and it's loaded with B vitamins. <laughs> and you can use nutritional yeast to make cheese sauces that are so good, you just want to like spread them on bread and eat them like that. <laughs> or you can just sprinkle it on like a Parmesan cheese. It has a similar flavor, and ice and cheese you just bake that are salty kind of flavor without being heavy in sodium. And like I said, tons of B vitamins, B12, and everything. It's wonderful. And uh, so there's a ton of things you can do, like cashew-based cheese sauces and things like that. So nutritional yeast. And the other is just a little tip. Whenever you're making uh, vegetarian dishes or vegan dishes, and especially if you're doing a dish that's like normally a meat-based, like a lasagnas and things like that, one of the things you've got to remember to do in order to get that nice flavor. As cooks, you know that fat keeps the flavor on the tongue. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a lot of fat uh, or if you don't have a lot of meat in your dish that normally calls for something like that, that's like, you know, a bigger dish, uh, you need to replace the, the fat that would normally come from the meat with a good, you know, cold press, like an olive oil or something like that to give it that bottom in to keep those flavors on the tongue and make it taste nice and rich. Absolutely. So, 
that's my little tips for the day. All right. Michael, thank you so much. Enjoy yeah. your day. Thanks for the call, Michael. Uh, nutritional yeast. So you might want to look for that uh, and to make uh, kind of a cheese substitute or something <clears throat> that uh, would be good with some vegetarian dishes. Let's uh, move on next. We'll go to Memphis. Earl has called in today. Good morning, Earl. Hey, Earl. Good morning. I was just calling in to give your listeners a thought to maybe uh, help them become vegetarian or even vegan is uh, they think they have to have meat for protein, but one thought they need to think about is where does a cow or an elephant get its protein? Because <laughs> they don't eat meat. Exactly. And look how huge they get in their muscle development. Mm-hmm. So we've been sold a bill of goods by the, by the industries that we have to have meat, and it's not true. I just thought I'd drop that because a lot of people need to think about that. And also the benefits to their health are tremendous. If they just researched the topic, the evidence is overwhelming for veganism and, and uh, to be a vegetarian uh, with books like How Not to Die. They read that book. It's a real eye-opener. All right. Okay, that's all I have to say. You have a great day. And listen, I appreciate your program. That's why I, I listen to it from Memphis. Thank you so much, Earl. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. Good point, Earl. Uh, Let's move on next. Get these calls in before the end of the show. Danny's called in from Pascagoula. Good morning, Danny. Hey, Danny. Hey, good morning. Well, I'd like to thank y'all for the show. I wish it was on prime time on all the channels, but it's all good. (laughs) Say it again. Okay. Uh, Yeah. um, But anyway, I'm doing my taxi thing going on, trying to help the neighborhood. But listen, uh, me... I, I'm glad you said it's re- wine week, uh, wine day, because uh, I'm sauteing my mushrooms tonight with some red wine, mm-hmm. a little bit of garlic, some onions, and my meat of the day will be potatoes. Ah. <laughs> yeah, red potatoes I'm using this week because of that sweet flavor, you know, it's the, the sweetness. Okay. So, uh, uh, but I still like my milk. So my milk now is almond milk. Okay. See? I can still have some of my uh, cereals, my whole grain, with the almond milk. So thank God for almond milk farmers. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but we gotta we gotta train our children. We gotta let them know, you know, what you see on TV is not necessarily what you need to have. There's a lot of good things out here that's fun tasting. You hear what I said? Fun tasting. Yes, and absolutely. I it's agree. Good for you. See, they, they they try to make the kids think that everything that's our vegetables and different things, oh, it's just for your health, but it don't taste good. They don't know. Well, you've been eating fries all these years, but you can have fries baked mm-hmm. without all the oil and still have your ketchup without all the high fructose on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, you know, I, y'all keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I, I, I hope to keep... Uh, Donate as much as I can to MPB. Right. Wow. Thank now, you so much. I'm hungry, so I might have to cook early. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny. Thank you so Thanks much, Thanks for the Dan. call. That, that sounded great with the, the mushroom sautéed and the red wine. So oh, we, yeah. Combining both of the days. Uh, last call of the hour goes to Evan in Proctor. Good morning, Evan. You're Evan. on the air with us. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'll, keep it, I'll keep it quick. Uh, my wife and I have a young lady that has moved in, and she's a vegetarian, so I am incorporating a lot more vegetables into my dishes. However, most of my vegetables end up in the trash uh, because I don't know how to keep them properly. Do you all have any tips on how to keep vegetables so they last longer? 
Well, one of one of the things that I will suggest, um, which is maybe a little bit more added work, is don't buy so much at one time. Uh, when you go into especially fresh markets and you're buying farm fresh uh, vegetables that have not been processed with waxes and other coatings to preserve them, um, you don't want to overly buy. The other thing is canning is something to uh, consider. Uh, and also pre-cooking and freezing uh, uh, your vegetables is another thing to consider uh, so that you don't have a food waste and a money loss uh, in the process. Um, okay. I have tried freezing, and they always come out soggy after afterwards. So, so the so the thing that will, has probably happened is that you overcook those vegetables prior to bagging them, and usually what happens is you can literally, for instance, you know, uh, take your fresh vegetables, and you can just steam them or not cook them at all. Add them into the your water and just freeze them that way. Or if you're doing a vegetable stock, you can do it that way prior to cooking the overcooking them. All right, uh, Evan, thanks for the call. That's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. And thanks to everybody who called in today. We had a great show. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. So for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. That's followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.